podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Thursday leading up to the weekend where Liverpool travel to the Etihad to take on Manchester City in a game that could define where the Premier League title ends up this season. The Reds will go into the game one point behind City, but in a better run of form than City, coming off the confidence-boosting win over Benfica, whereas City are coming off a slog against Atletico Madrid where nobody had fun. We did see some very weird people on Twitter yesterday suggesting that it was Pep who set his team up to grind out the victory over Atleti as if it was Pep's decision that the game be played in such a manner rather than that of Diego Simeone. Uh, You'll never account for these people. These are the same people that believe that Jack Grealish is having a fantastic season. So, you know, you allow them their delusions. There's not a whole lot really to talk about. The conversation around the game largely focuses on three things. Who starts at centre-back next to Virgil? I think it's most likely to be Joel Matip, and I think that's the correct decision. Who starts in midfield with Fabinho and Thiago? There are two options. There's Jordan Henderson, there's Naby Keita. If we go on form, Naby Keita is far more warranting of the position. Henderson obviously has not had a good season at all, whereas Keita has had a very good season. But Klopp may just pick his captain for reasons. Then there's the conversation around the attack. Most people seem to agree that Luis Diaz should start left wing. But then there's uncertainty over the other two positions. Who should start through the middle? There's three options. There's Bobby, there's Mane, and there's Jota. Jota has had the best season of the three. Mane has done well there in recent games. But Bobby is Bobby, and Bobby always turns up against City. He has, in the past, terrorised Manchester City defenders on multiple occasions. So you look at it and you think, would we be best off starting Bobby for 30 minutes, for 60 minutes rather, having him drop into midfield, harass Rodri, link the play, give us that advantage of having an extra man in midfield, while also being able to join the attack and create space for others and do all the different things that Bobby does. Or should we go with that poacher 
in Diogo Jota playing off the shoulder of City's defenders. The issue with Jota is the ball doesn't stick to him very well. He struggles in some of the build-up play. He's not a great link player. Sadio suffers from similar issues at times where the ball doesn't stick to his feet and can bounce off him, but he is a good link player. That's a big decision for Jurgen Klopp to pick. Who goes in as the number nine for this game? Then there's the other question in the front three. Should Salah start or should he not? If he doesn't start, Sadio Mane probably starts there. Sadio, Bobby or Jota, and then Diaz on the left. Now, personally, I think Salah should start. I think it's actually a no-brainer to have him start. I think this is exactly the type of game that can give Mo his confidence back. He has tortured Man City in the past. And their left-back options are Canseo, who's dreadful defensively, Zinchenko, who's not really a defender. He's a midfield player. And Nathan Aki, who's a centre-back and will struggle for pace against Salah. Their left-side centre-back option is going to be Americ Laporte, barring something strange happening. So he lacks pace as well. So there is the potential for Salah to operate in, in quite a bit of space against slower players. If you look at the games recently, Grimaldo stuck well with him. Grimaldo's very quick. Hassan Kamara stuck with him well. He's also very quick. City don't have a quick left back. Canseo's not slow, but he's not good defensively. Now, going into the game, the only minor injury that anyone in the Liverpool squad has is Fabinho, but he's going to be okay, that little cut in his head. City have Ruben Diaz as a major doubt. Benjamin Mendy, obviously unavailable. And Cole Palmer, who's out. Now, Cole Palmer wouldn't start. Mendy potentially would be their starting left back. He's the one with the pace and the power to potentially deal with Salah. But he hasn't been available all season because, well, he's a scumbag. Uh, Ruben Diaz missing means John Stones and Laporte at centre-back. Now, Bobby has bullied John Stones multiple times, and that would give me even more reason to feel like Bobby should start this game. So I'd really like to see Salah, Bobby and Diaz in the front three for this game. I I think that's the front three that will cause them the most problems. I think Diaz's unpredictability and the fact that he cuts inside so frequently will cause Kyle Walker problems. Walker's great if you just try and knock it past him down the line. But if you ask him to turn onto his left shoulder and move in field, he becomes very problematic for his teammates. 
that will also open up the channel for Andy Robertson. And City won't have great tracking back down that right-hand side because De Bruyne is not going to track Robertson time after time. And neither is Riyad Mahrez if he's the one that starts on the right of their front three. So we could open them up down that side. We could have Salah against Canseo, which is a mismatch. And Bobby against Stones. Now, depending on who that third midfielder for Liverpool is, they would then generally operate in the space in behind the number nine. And I think Naby's the one who's absolutely best suited to doing that for an hour. It's big decisions for Klopp. It really is. I, I think the Kanate Matip one is easy. As much as I love Ibu, I think it, it should be Matip for this one. But that right-sided midfield role, the number nine position, the right-sided forward role, there's, there's definitely question marks over each of the three positions. I'd like it to be Keita, Firmino and Salah. I certainly wouldn't complain if it's Mane as the nine. Jota's the one where I'd have maybe some issue because I don't think the ball sticks to him well enough. If Mane's on, then his touch is generally flawless. It's when he has those games where things start to go against him and he gets a little bit frustrated, then his foot becomes a curb and the ball bounces everywhere. But those are the decisions that Klopp will have to make. That's why he gets paid 11 or 12 million a year. And we'll put our trust in whatever he does. You just have to hope that the midfield did enough on Tuesday night to make him think they can go to City and do the same. Thiago, Fabinho and Keita are Liverpool's three best midfielders on the ball and off the ball. And if you're telling yourself that it's anybody other than the three of them, you are lying to yourself. And if somebody is telling you it's anyone other than the three of them, they are lying to you. It is those three by a considerable margin as well. Naby's mobility, his ability to harass players, his pressing is exactly what we need against City. Exactly what we need. We don't need aimless running. We need intelligence in midfield. Moving around the main Liverpool sites, uh, this is Anfield's lead article. Sadio Mane is defying claims of his decline and the numbers prove it. The numbers may suggest he's not declining. Having eyes shows that he is declining. And when you consider what he was doing in from, say, 2017 to 2020, if you're suggesting he's the same player now as he was then, you are absolutely lying to yourself. Mane is still a good player, a very good player, but he is no longer a world-class player. He is no longer a great player as he was a couple of years ago. It's why I think Liverpool will look to sell him this summer. And given that he's having 
a productive season in terms of goal return, though you'll note not in terms of creativity, we might well get a very good price from this summer. Jurgen Klopp can show value of living the now with Mo Salah prime candidate. I assume this is in relation to the decisions for the weekend. Mario Gotza admits, I should have joined Liverpool in 2016 and he still wants a Klopp reunion. Uh, Mario Gotza, last I saw, was not impressing in the Eredivisie. Last two games I watched PSV, he wasn't good at all. He has, to be fair, he has 11 goals in all competitions this season, but the majority of them have come in European competition. Three goals in 25 games in the Eredivisie is not good. Last season, he played only 18 Eredivisie games and scored five goals. Season before in the Bundesliga, 15 games, three goals. Mario Gotza has not played over... He's played over 30 league games in his entire career, twice. Once for Dortmund, once for Bayern. He's played over 40 games in all competitions, one, two, three, four, five times, including this season, where he's played 15 games in Europe. He's still only 29, which is absolutely mind-blowing because he's been around for seemingly ever. But Gotze is a prime example of what will happen if you make bad career decisions. So this season, he played in six Champions League qualifiers, five Europa League matches, and now four Europa Conference League matches as PSV do the march through all the competitions of Europe, hoping to find one in which they can have some success. By the numbers, goals and assists, he's having a good season, but not in the Eredivisie. And I don't know that you'd put much faith into the the calibre of the Europa Conference League or the Champions League qualifiers or even the Europa League. I don't think there's any possibility Liverpool would even consider Gotze. He should have been one of the greatest German players ever. And he made a really bad decision in 2013 when he went behind Dortmund's back, agreed terms with Bayern, and then Bayern paid his buyout. Not a whole lot of time before the Champions League final, you'll remember. The Champions League final that he then didn't play in because of a a thigh injury. Um, At Bayern, he was just a bizarre fit under Guardiola. It never really worked for him. Pep didn't seem to know what to do with him. He was playing him as a false nine. He was playing him in midfield and none of it worked. Pep's 4-3-3 was far too rigid for Gotze. He went back to Dortmund with his tail between his legs. And it went okay. He had one good season, the 18-19 season, scored seven goals in 26 games in the league. But Dortmund weren't too upset when he left on a free transfer at the end of the season. He'll be a free agent again 
Oh, no, he won't. He signed a new contract with PSV. He's contracted there for 2024, so we definitely won't be signing him because you wouldn't pay money for him in a fit. Um, Villarreal shock Bayern as potential semi-final opponents for Liverpool. Villarreal beat Bayern 1-0 last night, and it really should have been two or three. They had a goal disallowed. They had a couple of other good chances. They carved Bayern apart on the counter. If we get to play Bayern, we should just bet in and counterattack them because they absolutely cannot defend. Uh, Liverpool fans explain dangerous policing at Benfica. Liverpool fans in, in Lisbon have documented the dangerous policing tactics, tactics at the Reds match against Benfica that led to many missing kickoff. So apparently the police were very, very aggressive, uh, would not let fans into the stadium in any more than dribs and drabs. Sachin Nakrani said, kept inside the ground for close to an hour, held back further by baton-carrying cops once we got outside, and then made get on a metro that stopped at only one pre-designated station. Wow. Rob Gutman, why in Spain, Italy and Portugal do police and authorities think it's still okay to treat people attending a sporting event like dirt. We were met with dangerous levels of hostility. My son and I were pushed by police shields and threatened with batons. I was searched in such an aggressive manner. I thought the guy was just looking for a reason to hit or arrest me. I was deliberately totally passive, gave him no reason, but he kept coming at me. It's hard to describe. Whole thing was shite. The game was a blur for me. I'm sort of done with European aways. Well, I'll go again to amazing cities. I can't not, but not to the games themselves. What's the point? Wow. Wow. That is a... That is a like a long-time matchgoer who's been to European aways all over the place, stating that after the treatment he suffered, he will not go again. And there's just more and more of these as well. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It is true, though, like on the continent, specifically with English fans, the police are incredibly aggressive. And it's always been this way. When I used to go to European aways, and we're going back a long time now, but it was always the same. It was always the same. I remember standing in a queue and getting a rap on the back of the head with a baton because I was standing in a queue and he wanted to see my ticket. Like, what did he think I was standing in the queue to do? Of course I had a ticket. That was in Germany. That was Leverkusen away. A wrap of a baton on the back of the head. Yeah. Nice. Made the game enjoyable. Seeing 44 players on the pitch. Mm. On to Liverpool.com. Uh, lots of transfer stuff as usual, I'm sure. Liverpool have done polls 
For exciting 40 million transfer as Virgil van Dijk confirms new elite trait. This is uh, the Media Digest piece, so let's see what's here. Uh, the Champions League knockouts take shape. Liverpool pole new Ford. Uh, AC Milan, Manchester United, Newcastle, Crystal Palace and Liverpool. It's a curious collection of clubs, yet this is apparently a group that find itself in competition. Oh, Ishmael Assar. Uh, Van Dijk confirms new elite quality. Virgil van Dijk is the best centre-half in the world. He's also somewhat unusual in that he is a right footer who's always been more comfortable on the left. For any football manager, this is a godsend. Top-level left-sided centre-backs are like gold dust or unicorns in the parlance of Pep Guardiola. Um, to be fair, if you think of the great left-sided centre-backs of the last 30 years, most of them have been right-footed. Beresi was right-footed. Alan Hansen was right-footed before him. Beresi was right-footed. Fernando Hierro was right-footed. Cannavaro is right-footed. Yapstam is right-footed. Nemanja Vidic is right-footed. Tony Adams is right-footed. Gary Pallister is right-footed. Paul McGrath is right-footed. He could play either side, but he did have a preference for the left. The majority of the best ones, even like John Terry is right-footed. Frank LaBeouf is right-footed. The vast majority of them were right-footed or are right-footed. Even now, Koulibaly is right-footed. So it's a bit of a strange thing. Bit of a strange thing. Uh, Van Dyke did reveal recently, though, that he is working on his left foot because he does want to become a truly left, a truly two-footed player. So fair play. That is impressive that at his age and the level he's already at, he's looking to improve himself even further. Liverpool must hijack Man United transfer wanted by Ralph Ranić to find James Milner heir. We don't actually need a James Milner heir. Um, the, those minutes can be redistributed between Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. Excuse me, Curtis Jones. Um, so why would you spend money replacing something that doesn't need to be replaced? I do like the player in question, Conrad Lamer, but we don't need to replace James Milner. Um, Mohamed Salah... Transfer ruled out. That's stuff we already know. Nabi Keita contract problem totally flipped in 364 days as FSG get long-awaited Liverpool moment. I mean, this nonsense, long-awaited. He was brilliant when he first joined. He had loads of good games in his first season. He had great games in his second season. He had a couple of great games last season. 
And this season he's been outstanding. Like, this is just such tripe. Liverpool sent another transfer reminder by Wonder Kid who is waiting for a video call from FSG. So the player in question is Facundo, Facundo Farias of Club Atletico Cologne. Um, I had no idea we'd even been linked with him. Apparently his agent has come out and said Liverpool are keen to sign him. Uh, he's an attacking midfielder, but he is he is going to be more of a striker than a midfielder, the way his game is. He is very, very Tevez-esque in how he plays. A bustly, stocky little player, really quick, really powerful. Very much somebody that would be the type who should do well in the Premier League. He should do well in the Premier League. So, yeah, I mean, if we if we were to sign him, you'd certainly be in favour of it, given our track record in the transfer market. Interesting. On to AnfieldIndex.com. Uh, Nabi Keita, the big game player, is the lead piece here. That was written... I believe by Stephen Smith. So let me confirm that it was indeed written by Mr. Stephen Smith. So do check that one out there. Observations against Benfica, the real Navi Kate has stood up. That was the piece put together by Richard Coles. You should give that a read as well. There's a couple of podcasts here that are absolutely must listen. So Harry Setti has his latest rival recon up. Dan Burke from the Blue Moon podcast on with him to discuss the City game. And there is a new episode of Mindfields, which is one of or Mindfields, the one of the best podcasts anywhere on any platform. Alan and Andrew discussing practical ways to support young players to develop the skills to manage their own mental strength. Do give that a listen. Absolutely outstanding stuff. Those two, if, they, if we could get them Every week, they're just brilliant. And they, they're they so far above what anyone else does in that kind of field on a sporting platform. Between those two, under pressure, raw, scouted, and all the other content we have, Money Talks, Rival Recon, Molby on the Spot. Like, I don't know how you're not listening to Anfield Index Pro all the time. Genuine. I don't just say that because I'm part of it, because you know what, I, what I'm like. The calibre of stuff, especially the stuff with me on it, is phenomenal. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.